This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Wrexham 2, Bromley 1. And to be honest, this is the closest we've come, I reckon, to dropping points at home this season. It's the, the least fluent performance we had at home this season. And I think it will go down as one of the best performances of this season. Certainly the best results. I was worried about this match because Wrexham coming off the emotional and physical draining experience of Saturday and that fabulous win at Coventry just felt like it was a game that was being played a little bit too soon for my liking and Bromley are exactly the sort of opposition that would cause you a problem I think in those circumstances extremely well organized extremely physical they have a habit already of reigning in our parade and yeah this was a, a a tricky one I thought for Wrexham to manoeuvre and the first half certainly came out as I feared so very very happy to see us end up with the three points and huge credit to Phil Parkinson for the brave substitution he made to 20 minutes left which essentially won the game but anyway let's get back to the start of matters there was a real danger the game would have been called off anyway because the pitch took a terrific hammering from the rain it did go ahead, and Wrexham well, were able to rotate a little bit, of course, since the Coventry match. Sam Dolby was rested, Aldi Palmer came in. Likewise, on the right, Anthony Ford replaced Reese Hall-Johnson. And there was uh, good news in terms of Aaron Hayden, who was fit enough to start. So, Wrexham shifting it around a bit, but Bromley had a very clear game plan, and they executed it terrifically well. They had a, a high back line which they were able to get away with because they pressed really well on Wrexham's half. Wrexham found it difficult to pass their way out from the back, and as a result, the congested midfield was a problem for us. There were also a lot of heavy tackles. Now, I know that uh, Andy Woodman, the Bromley manager, complained bitterly about the referee Lewis Smith after the game. I can't see what grounds he's got, um, to be honest with you. I think that he had a good game, the ref. I've seen some Wrexham fans criticising him too, but I thought he did well. And with the exception of he could have booked more Bromley players for time-wasting. Uh, in all honesty, I think there were a few decisions that went Bromley's way, which meant they finished with 11 men, because, like I said, the tackling was harsh from the start. Kellen Fisher, in as early as the third minute, going in hard and over the ball and following through with the studs up with a lot of strength into McFadgen's ankle. The ref booked him. I think it's a cast iron red. I've got to be honest, it's a poor challenge. Uh, and there was force behind it. Uh, there would be other challenges later on, but uh, not least Byron Webster's hack from behind on Palmer on the halfway line. But Bromley's physical play and good organisation meant that they were causing Wrexham problems. Only Denny had the, Dennis had the first chance, driving forwards and drilling a shot from about 25 yards. It was going just wide at the left post, but Mark Howard didn't want to take any chances. He lunged across, and as the ball skipped at him, uh, had a good strong top hand to pull it, push it round the post. That corner led to a bit of a scramble. 
the ball bouncing around before eventually Hayden lunged and poked the ball behind for another corner. Bromley were complaining because Sawumni had his shirt pulled to the extent that it became quite a nice off-the-shoulder number. This completely ripped off one shoulder. They complained vehemently and Sawumni, ironically, then couldn't be on the pitch for the subsequent corner, which came to nothing because he had to come off and get his shirt changed. I've got to say, though, having looked at the incident doesn't look like there's an awful lot going on uh, we, they may need to talk to their shirt manufacturers they may have got a dodgy product there um hayden had hold of his shirt i think definitely at the chest at the front of his chest but didn't seem to tug him away in fact so somebody never really tried to get past hayden and was busy complaining about the shirt pull when the ball dropped in front of him he would have had a real chance to score but he wasn't looking at the ball and Hayden was able to poke it away so you know play to the whistle I would say but like I said Bromley were on top Wrexham were really struggling to get their passing rhythm going they weren't gambling on balls over the top particularly and as a result they were knocking it around and just getting a bit slowed down the pace was slow tactical fouls slowed it down halfway through the half Wrexham nearly had a horrible self-inflicted wound when Toza received a short goal kick trying to find O'Connor about 25 yards out from his own goal to pass sold O'Connor badly short and Cheek was able to nick it off him Toza though made amends with a really good block as Cheek shot from the edge of the area within a couple of minutes Wrexham had their first opportunity and it was a decent one as well Toza's throw-ins again caused problems this time he hurled it into the near post right onto Tunnicliffe's head he helped it on and the ball ricochets to Palmer it was a difficult chance for him uh, but stretching about eight yards out he couldn't control his shot and put it over the bar 10 minutes later though with 12 minutes left of the half just when Wrexham was starting to get a bit of rhythm and starting to threaten to get on top of Bromley the visitors scored Corey Whiteley who was a constant form in Wrexham's side whenever we played Bromley breaking forwards Dennis had the ball on the left-hand side, managed to get in behind Hayden, pulled in a cross, which might have taken a nick off Toza and Whiteley. It was an ungainly finish from about seven yards out, but he stretched and poked it into the bottom right corner. Howard had no chance, and Whiteley had scored remarkably, although he was playing a bit deeper than I've seen him play before, his first league goal of the season. Wrexham were taken aback and were nearly caught out again soon afterwards, a long kick by the goalkeeper Reese Charles Cook. Uh, Cheek did well backing into Hayden to nod it down and there was Whiteley again looking to double up and get two and four minutes having not scored in the first half of the season but he pulled this one wide from about 20 yards Wrexham needed a response and they started to find it and started to build up pressure late on in the half a long throw again by Toza Hayden rising brilliantly and flicking a looping header towards goal it might have been going in it might have been hitting the bar Charles Clark got himself a bit underneath it and so had to stretch and make a rather acrobatic tip over the part of the bar he could maybe have done better with it and he would be punished because when the corner came in from O'Connor on the right-hand side, the ball again bobbled around. It was a poor piece of keeping, in all honesty, by the goalkeeper who pushed the ball off. It's like, it looks to me like keeper's ball. He put, it was an in-swinger towards the near post and nobody got to it. But uh, the keeper, Charles Cook, just leaned forwards and in a rather ugly manner pushed it into the danger area. Tunnicliffe was already on the floor, having seemingly had his shirt pulled as he was trying to run in when the ball was in the air. As he got up, Michael Cheek swung a boot at it, 
and connected with Tony Cliff's head. Tony Cliff, his knees were bent, but he certainly wasn't crouching down, and the referee had no hesitation in giving the penalty. Uh, maybe it should have been a red. I mean, let's be honest here. It's uh, it's about endangering an opponent. We definitely kicked Tony Cliff in the head, and you know, intent doesn't tend to count. I'm just thinking of Sadio Mane kicking Edison's head a few seasons ago. I mean, he definitely didn't mean it, but it was definitely a red card. Or, or Antoine Griezmann, if you remember, the Champions League game against Lobel, um, kicked a player in the head. I can't remember who it was. Um, and clearly didn't mean it, uh, but didn't argue about the red card he got, because when you kick a bloke in the head, that's dangerous. Anyway, it was given. No card for cheek. And Mullen after a very long delay, stepped up and just went for power and smashed it into the roof of the net, a heck of a forthright finish to pull the game level. Immediately, Bromley burst into the Wrexham penalty area and they had a shout for a penalty. Cheek getting goal side of Tunnicliffe and hitting the deck as he ran in behind him. The referee said no rightly, firstly because it was outside the box he gave the, it, he gave a free kick and having seen the replay, yeah, it's, it's a it's a, it's a good foot outside the box. It's got to be said as well, I'm not too sure Tunnicliffe actually made contact with Cheek. Anyway, the free kick came to nothing, and it was half-time. Wrexham were hugely improved after the break. You just wonder whether Bromley's intensity faded a little bit. They weren't getting at us in our own half as much. They weren't able to maintain that press. And the pattern of the second half, at least until Wrexham went ahead, was Wrexham moving the ball around well in a Bromley half and threatening. There was a lovely move down the right-hand side early in the half. Ford popping it inside to Young, who bit a great little hooked pass around his, the corner to complete the 1-2. Ford pulling a great cross into Mullen, who's from about 10 yards out. Probably will feel he should have done better, put it quite a distance over the bar. I think it sort of arrived at, at him at speed in mid-stride, and he just couldn't get on top of the ball. But Wrexham maintained the pressure. They had a big shout for handball, although I think to be fair, it, I think it hit a hand, but it wasn't deliberate, I don't think. Then it was Hayden slotting a lovely little pass down the right channel to send Palmer away. He drove the ball into the goal mouth and Charles Cook lunging managed to push the ball away as Mullin was lurking for a back post tapping. So much better from Wrexham, better tempo, better pressure, much more possession, but with 19 minutes left, it's still one all. And ironically, uh, we were talking in the commentary about whether we should make changes, and I was a, a conservative with a small c, I hasten to add, saying, no, we're on top, let's, let's keep it as it is, keep being on top and see if we can nick something. Good job I'm not Rexon's manager, innit? Phil Parkinson, on the other hand, had the attitude of a draw is not enough, I must do something to make sure it isn't. And so we made a very bold substitution, bringing off Jordan Tunnicliffe and replacing him with Sam Dolby, so he went to four at the back, also bringing off O'Connor, who had anchored midfield perfectly well, and bringing on James Jones. And the duo would galvanise Wrexham and earn the win. Indeed, within three minutes, Jones had scored a winning goal. A long throw again by Toza, which Bromley couldn't get rid of properly. And this is another beauty of using Toza's long throw. We didn't make a chance directly from it, but... Bromley just couldn't get it away. We encircled them in a penalty area and just kept recirculating and working balls in. Eventually, a cross came in from the opposite side of Toza's uh, throwing. It was cleared, but only as far as James Dones, who latched onto it and hit a powerful left foot shot. It took a big deflection off Swimney, which sent Charles Cook the wrong way. 
but Jones gets credit for the fact that he brought it down well and drilled it in flat and gave the ball every chance to be deflected past the keeper if it didn't just go directly in. So good stuff from Wrexham and there would be more chances. Palmer breaking down a left this time and cutting into the box, drilling it into the goal mouth, Mullen just beaten to it. But Wrexham now had a very bold formation. Palmer and Dolby up front, Mullen tucked in just behind, Elliot Lee in a midfield uh, to Bergeban three and it was very attacking. Maybe too attacking because Bromley started to gain the initiative back with about 10 minutes left and started to threaten. Cheek feeding Krauhaus, the young substitute, who went in the box and went down under pressure from Luke Young. I've got to be frank and say that at the time, I thought, ooh, I think the ref was going to point to the spot here. Having seen the replay, it's not a penalty. Uh, Krauhaus isn't very strong, maybe looks to initiate the contact. Young does give him a decent sort of barge with his shoulder. I think it's in the, it's in the legal side of the law. But it was a, a hairy moment for Wrexham. There'd be another one within a minute for Young as well. As Forster, a tricky winger who'd been brought on late on, cut inside Young. Young stuck a leg out, took the yellow card and tripped him. Bromley again complained it was inside the box. Again, it definitely wasn't. And the free kick didn't come to anything. Wrexham is still looking good on the break, though, with so many attacking players. We ought to, of course. Mullen, for the second time in the match, sprinted back into his own half and this time made a brilliant tackle, finding Lee. Lee pinged a lovely ball over the top and Dolby, <coughs> driving in on goal down the left channel, drove in a shot, which was well saved by the goalkeeper. In the last minute, Wrexham brought Mullen off, bringing McAlinden on just to add a little bit more conservatism to the midfield. But straight away, uh, Bromley came up with their last chance of the match. A free kick in midfield lofted to the far post. Callum Reynolds, a centre-back, losing his man from a tight angle, stretched and put the header back across the face of goal. Nobody could get there in order to profit. And in the second minute of added time, Wrexham nearly made it safe. Dolby this time sliding a good ball into Palmer, running through on the left channel. Uh, he was well outside, but the linesman had, didn't have the best of games. Kept his slide down. Charles Cook did well to stand up, and Palmer's driven shot was blocked by the feet of the goalkeeper. So, a big 2-1 win, because quite frankly, it was a tough match. Bromley lived up to their billing, and Wrexham had to show character as well as quality to get through. Plus, the tactical nous of Phil Parkinson, of course, which was decisive. Going through the performances, I mean, Mark Howard had nothing to do, really, as such. No difficult saves to make, couldn't be blamed with the goal. Uh, the central defenders, Toza, man of the match, was excellent, was decisive, made a few good interceptions. He kept trying to get on the front foot and nicked the ball away from Cheek and did it successfully. His throws, again, were a major weapon and his distribution was good, as always. The centre-backs either side of him, Hayden coming back from injury. You've seen him look more colossal. But he certainly was consistent and strong and carried the ball forwards well on occasions. He also made that crucial interception at the start to poke that corner behind. Uh, the other centre-back, Jordan Tunnicliffe, was sacrificed for tactical reasons, but he also was strolled uh, his usual self. It was a bit of a surprise to see him get caught of cheek going goal side of him. Shortly after Tunnicliffe had won the penalty, maybe that kick in the head had briefly confused him. The wing-backs, Ford was excellent. Ford really did well. Very busy, really stretched the game. Um, was willing to drive on and look to beat Topoloy, the left-back, and try to deliver into the box and put some good balls in there as well. It was a good performance by him. McFadgen had, a, a, I would say, a good first 80, 
and then had a couple of little hairy moments at the end. He got booked for uh, the foul that led to that last chance for Bromley. Players just started to go in behind him a little bit. Uh, Forster was a tricky customer against him. But he did all right. He did okay going forwards as well. In midfield, I thought O'Connor was neat and decent. And I think it was just a desire to have the more driving presence of James Jones, which led to him being substituted. Young again. Lots of hard work. Lots of good touches, lots of nice movements of the ball. I had a, a couple of little moments conceding free kicks as well, as you would have want, probably wanted to avoid. But uh, another solid performance by Luke Young and Elliot Lee. Well, elegance and classy and played a lot of good passes. That just changed the phase of play and got us forwards. And he beat his man on a couple of occasions. One delicious nutmeg in the second half. And again, he's a joy to watch, isn't he? Up front, Palmer didn't have the best of games, really. I felt very sorry for him. He had a few good moments that nearly came off and didn't quite. Um, the ball didn't stick to him very well in the second half, which was unlike him. He was a little, a little out of sorts. Alongside him, Mullen was buzzing and full of energy and determination as ever and scored that crucial penalty when we needed it. And then off the bench, well, I say Dolby... He looked so confident after the Coventry game. He came on and put in a 20-minute real display, linking well with Palmer, running at defenders, winning balls in the air. He was really impressive. Jones, likewise. Jones had some really nice touches, some really nice moments, and linked play up nicely. McIlinden was only on for a couple of minutes of added time. I enjoyed how it looked to me like the tech end started to really appreciate Dolby. He had a little spell of play after the goal where he just linked play up beautifully with Jones down the right. And it was it was good to watch and the crowd were enjoying it. And when in added time, Dolby was the selected player to take the ball to the corner flag from a throw-in. And he wasted a fair chunk of time as well, knocking off the player for the corner and repeating it. Uh, the crowd really seemed to crackle with appreciation as he was stuffing his backside into the defender to buy himself space. Uh, I think Dolby, after Saturday and Tuesday is starting to become a little bit of a cult favourite with the Wrexham fans. So really good stuff, especially linked to the fact that Notts County dropped two points. But more importantly, that Wrexham had a tricky game here for all sorts of reasons and came out having won. So a very, very satisfactory evening's work all round. With the final score of Wrexham 2, Bromley 1, I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. This is the Final Whistle Podcast. From the Rexham AFC media team.